Welcome to episode number 61, Highly Effective People. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Heck Ew. and Gabe. Yup. Uh, a little short-staffed, uh, but we are, since we are highly effective people, uh, we're going to roll with this one. The title of this one is Highly Effective People. In this episode, we review Stephen R. Covey's classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Covey presents a holistic, integrated, principle-centered approach for solving personal and professional problems. Covey reveals a step-by-step pathway for living with fairness, integrity, honesty, and human dignity. The crew discusses their take on each habit, including their strengths and weaknesses for each one. We wrap the episode up with quotes from the author himself, Stephen R. Covey. All right, so if you are new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Thank you once again. We kick things off with a definition from dictionary.com. And since we're highly effective people, we have defined the term effective. And they define it as adequate to accomplish a purpose, producing the intended or expected result. So... Uh, we are doing a book review, obviously, but it's not necessarily a book review. This is a very classic uh, book in business and uh, personal development slash self-help. Um, the categories, uh, you know, this was written, I believe, in the 80s, the late 80s. So uh, this guy is uh, basically a staple uh, in the industry as well as this book. Um, he actually does have a book titled The Eighth Habit Um but I didn't want to get into that because there's, there's a lot of material to cover in just this one book. With that being said, I wanted to kind of go over. Yeah, I love doing this. The praises they give books, uh, mm. since this is a you know a New York you know bestseller or whatever. So you know the the habits. The, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People has sold over 10 million copies and according to Scott DeGarmo, is destined to be the personal leadership handbook of the decade. Here's a little praise this book received uh, from the industry's top impact players. It says, Stephen Covey is an American Socrates, opening your mind to the permanent things, values, family, relationships, and communicating. That was by Brian Tracy. So that's huge coming from him. Uh, Warren Bennis, Stephen Covey has written a remarkable book about the human condition, so elegantly written, so understanding of our embedded concerns, so useful for our organizational and personal lives that it's going to be my gift to everyone I know. And uh, I'm going to assume it's a former Senator Jake Garn. We would, we would do well to make the reading and use of this book a requirement for anyone at any level of public service. If it, it would be a far more effective than any legislation regarding ethical conduct. Um, again, so these are some heavy hitter people giving this book praise. So if you never heard of the book, um, I highly recommend it if you want to be an effective person. This has nothing to do with, you know, oh, this is, another, here goes another book on how to make money. And that. No, this is a personal development book that literally you would 
will have a paradigm shift after reading it because of the material, mm. the content uh, that is actually revealed inside. I'm going to use that word uh, strategically because um, this was something, you know, you were talking about in the 80s, we're talking nearly 30 years ago. Um, and what is fascinating uh, about with these powerful lessons in personal change is that they are timeless here we are in 2017 right 30 years later and we're talking about them and if you read this book you can still be an effective person by the uh, you know the lessons contained in this you know this this book here so i don't know it's just amazing to me and and that's the reason why i love the personal development book because i can leave my library to my son i can leave my library to my kids um because it's something that is timeless. They're going to learn. Education uh, of the own mind and knowing thyself is everything. Uh, that's that's the foundation of, of moving forward. Um, you know, we always talk about get obsessed with progress, not perfection. Um, and this is one of those things. Uh, with that being said, let's jump right in. And the first habit that Stephen R. Covey discusses is be proactive. So I kind of gave like a little, you know, overview. And it says, because of the unique human capacity of self-awareness, we can examine our paradigms to determine whether they are reality or principle-based or if they are a function of conditioning and conditions. Um, so he says, stimulus with an arrow, freedom to choose with an arrow response. Um, so being proactive uh, is, is one of those things that's basically we have the ability to see how basically we are interacting with the world around us, right? I mean, no other animal, uh, yeah. not that we know of, or maybe they do know of, I don't know of, uh, that can actually have this like self-reflection kind of thing. Um, yeah, because yeah, obviously animals is nature. It's nature to, to their DNA, whatever it is. Right. We actually have yeah the ability to reflect, like I said, reflect back and actually yeah. analyze what's going on and... I guess, make progress towards like different changes and stuff. So you could basically like step out of yourself, so yes. to speak, and then look and examine. Um, let's just say you went through a specific situation, whether it was at, you know, your, you know, your job or, you know, a, a relational thing or a financial thing that maybe you weren't too crazy about the outcome. Mm-hmm. You can step back, then analyze it and see, you know, what the key players were, uh, what the stimuluses were, why something went in a direction that you didn't necessarily want it to go. Exactly. And you can analyze that and then improve upon that. Reevaluate and Yeah, or make it worse. Oh, um, yeah. Well, that's true. Because the, a lot of times when we reflect, we think that's some level of improvement. But we could also reflect and then make a, 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 actually a, a, a change more... Change for the worse. Yeah, a change for the worse. Um, you know, so, I don't know. That's a level of self-destruction, but... Yeah. Uh, a very light level, but um, you know, it's 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 but out I mean, it's I out guess, there. But I guess it could be inadvertent too. Well, yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Sometimes we don't. Obviously, we don't know all the answers, yeah, and that's exactly. part of the learning process. Absolutely. So try, here, here's the here's the thing. Yeah. When we're when we're reflecting, we're trying to look towards something to then get a different result. Yes. Not saying the next time this happens, uh, and 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 we change the way you know we reacted or the stimulus. It doesn't mean it's going to be better. Yeah. It just means that it's different because we're trying something else. No, absolutely. Stimulus, freedom to choose, response. Um, I like this. Stimulus, freedom to choose, response. So something, let's just say it's uh, you know something someone t- says to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the freedom to get offended by that yeah. or you have the freedom to kind of let it, you know. 
let it slide off your back. Yeah, let it slide off your back. Yeah, exactly. Let it. So it, I love the freedom to choose because a lot of times um, we have. I interact with a lot of people when it comes to you know obviously personal development stuff. Yes. And there's a lot of p- pointing fingers and blame game stuff, which some people have legit valid points as to you know that's the direction that you know their thinking is going. Yeah. Um, but 95% of the people, it's just not, it's just how you reacted, whether you like to hear that or not. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? Sometimes it just kind of hurts to hear, oh, well that's because that was your thought process. That's the reason why basically yeah. X, Y, and Z failed. And it's all, we always go back to that example of like, you know, you always say like, oh, when you're stuck in traffic, it's, you know, somebody could be jamming in the car, but the other person could be screaming their head off in their car, but it's all how, but it's the same exact situation, but it's all how their perspective and response to the particular set of, you know, circumstances that... How you how you take that exactly? So there you have it. Habit number one: be proactive. Is this not good? This is thirty years ago. This this knowledge yeah. was dropped. You know. All right. Habit number two: begin with the end in mind. He says, begin today with the image, picture, or paradigm of the ends of your life as your frame of reference or the criterion by which everything else is examined. Um, this is classic, obviously. I'm sure that's not, you know, that's not a groundbreaking, but yes, that's a habit though. And a highly effective person. They have a goal. They have a goal set in their mind. Mm -hmm. We we talk about goal setting all the time. We're not going to sit here and go over that again, but I'm just saying successful people have goals. They know where they're going. Now, this is where a lot of people get confused. Well, I'm not 100% sure where I want to go. Yeah. But that doesn't mean, and here, here's where the mess up comes. That, so then they don't set a goal. Yeah. That doesn't right. mean not set a goal. There are so many times where I set a goal and I had to adjust yeah. along the way. During my journey, I adjusted my goal. It's it's not just, it's like just because I said what I was going to say I was going to do when I was 14 and here I am 30 years old and I have to still stick with that. As long as I'm improving upon it yeah, and not yeah. like weakening and like uh, lessening my, you know, whatever. Like smaller goals within that. Like make them exactly. so that you get there. Exactly. Whatever it is, these what we talked about two weeks ago is like small digestible goals. Yes, exactly. Um, so this the so the first one was proactive, the second one was begin with the end in mind. I love also that you're beginning with you're beginning with the end in mind. It's almost like mm. a play on um, but your vision it, it it keeps people it keeps these highly effective people in in the I guess the 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 thought process of why you did it. Because a lot of times when we're on this journey, we get so busy with the everyday mundane stuff that we forget yeah. what in the world we're we doing this for. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. if you can begin each day with the end of mind, you know why, then you know why you're doing it. And you could truck through and plow exactly. ahead. Yeah, and it gives you, it keeps you engaged, like you're saying. And it, like I said, you have the smaller goals in mind. At least it shows you have little successes along the way. It's not just like, it's, I've been doing this for a year and I can't, you know, it's not going to happen or whatever. Yeah. So at least it gives you the little bits, little, little successes along the way. Exactly. So, uh, there you have it. So begin with the end of mind. And number one was proactive. Number three, uh, put first things first. Uh, habit three is the creation, the physical creation. It's the fulfillment, the actualization, the natural emergence of habits one and two. So it's the begin, uh, being proactive and your vision with the end of mind um, is habit number three with put first things first. Um, this also goes back to what I was kind of saying earlier where we can get busy with like the, the with busy work. Yeah. And I love that he brings this up and it's, it's kind of like hidden, the secret's kind of hidden within that 
you can be busy all you want. A lot of people say, like, oh, I work hard. I work yeah, my yeah. tail off. Da, da, da. Yeah. And we always say, but are you working smart? Yeah, exactly. Um, effective people work smart. It's not that they're not working hard. Mm. They're working hard and they're working smart. You could be working hard. I'll never, I'm not taking someone who says they're, they work hard. I don't take any of that away from you. But the goal is not who works the hardest. The goal is who works the smartest, smartest. Yeah. tailed up with obviously the hard Absolutely. work. Because we always talk about hard work beats talent. Yeah, exactly. But we're in an era now where things are moving at a much rapid more space and you have to be able to think on your toes. We hear the old classic saying, you know, survival of the fittest. You have to be proactive in the way you adapt to your environment. Yeah. You have to constantly be adapting, constantly changing, constantly molding, accepting the change and moving yeah, forward. Absolutely. Um, you know, if, you know, for example, if somebody keeps ramming their head through the wall, right? And they're just ramming their head, ramming their head, the brick wall, and they're knocking themselves out. They're yeah. sweating, they're going crazy. Literally. And, you know, five feet next to them, someone keeps telling them, dude, there's a door right here. You can get through the other side. But he's, his way is just going, he's like, no, I'm going gonna, gonna to make my own you know, entry uh, by barging through it. Where the smart person will just walk through the door and just keep it moving. Again, that's not lazy. That's being smart. You could use those efforts yeah. for something else. You could use that energy for something else to you know, build your empire. That's what people say, oh, X, Y, and Z has more time in a day than I, uh, doesn't have more time in a day than I do, so why can't I execute? It's because they're working at a smarter pace. That's all no, it is. Yeah. It's not that it's like, dude, because I could work hard, 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 but if I'm not working smart, Exactly. There's only so many things I can do, and this a lot of this comes into. I don't want to get into it, but a lot of this gets into delegation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's what I was what I was looking up earlier because I, I haven't read the book myself, but I was looking up at least like um, at least more more in depth stuff, and it has like it actually broke down like different parts of the day into like I guess that's where it comes from. The habit three was they broke into the four different quadrants and okay the different um uh like different parts of like you know how like third one was it was like more efficiency stuff or whatever like the first like habit one was. You're dealing with like extreme like crises and stuff like that. So more extreme stuff. So if you focus too much on that stuff, then you get stuck in the weeds and you're like you're too yes. much focusing on too much and more of the negative stuff as yes. opposed to being more focused and more efficient on what you're trying to your goal what your plan is trying to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and we talk about this all the time. It's um, you know what you think about you bring about, and we can get into that a little bit later, but. Um, depending on what you're focusing on, because again, going back to basically, you just piggyback on what you just said, you could be proactive, um, you could be, begin with the end of mind, but if you have, if you're proactive in the wrong things, uh, then you're going to, you're going to go, uh, nowhere real fast. Yeah. yeah. And that's what they always talk about is like, um, you know, having a lot of people think of real big goals to have a lot of money because then, um, that'll change everything. Well, uh, there's a famous comedian who says, he said, well, if you're an idiot, more money is just going to make you a bigger idiot. Yeah. So it's just, it's not, it's just magnifying yeah, who you exactly. really are. Yeah. That's what money does. It magnifies who you really are. Yeah. If you're smart with the little bit of money that you have now, then when you get a ton load of money, more than likely you're going to be smart. Yeah. I'm not saying that people don't mess up and make mistakes. I'm just saying more than likely you're going to be smart with the, your a lot of money. I've known people who had no money and was sloppy with the no money that they yeah. had. They got a ton load of money, like a rainfall of money and have nothing to speak or show for it. 
So it kind of goes along the same lines. Well, you weren't good with no money. What the heck made you think you were going to be good with a lot of money? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, just because you had a lot of money doesn't mean all of a sudden you're financially intelligent because a lot of people win these er- earnings or whatever the reason is or like inheritance and stuff like exactly. that. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, something that their brain developed. Because I always said, like, if, like, we always talked about if like preparedness and all stuff like that too. It's like yeah. if you're not prepared to even, like you said, for the smaller stuff, right. there's no way in heck you're going to understand what it's even do if anything even like on a larger scale. Exactly. Well said. All right, so we have uh, habit number one, be proactive. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Habit number three, put first things first. And now habit number four, think win-win. Win-win is a time, I'm sorry, win-win is a frame of mind and heart that constantly seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions. Um, so this is... This is um, very effective because this makes me think you're not just effective in your own life, but now you're an effective person in someone else's life. Mm. So we're not just out to just basically, you know, eat people and things alive. Well, yes, it's get get on your grind, get on the horse, do what you have to do. But when you're thinking win-win, you want everybody to win, yeah, obviously, absolutely. right? Yep. It's not just you. It's like, you know, I want the people around me to also win. I want to, you know, that's why I want to put on everyone who's in my circle of influence to help them as much as they can and vice versa. Um, it's, it's not just like a, you know, one man thing. Like I, you're, you shouldn't be the only guy in your group thinking win-win. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like everybody in your group should be thinking, how can I help him out also? And so when that synergy, when that comes together, um, that's an explosive like relationship that can happen in yeah. in a very positive and good way. For in most cases, because obviously, like I'm just thinking about the NBA playoffs are going right now. Like, where's your win win? Like, obviously, somebody has to lose in that thing. Yeah. But if if you're going deeper, you're thinking, you know, we we made it to the playoffs. I want I want to win. But the thing is, we have these two teams who have been, you know, there's a third year in a row that they faced each other. Yeah. Um. There's even if you just think that way, like we we've won this many times, because yeah. that's just winning itself. Obviously, you want the title, but I'm just saying if you could just think that way, like yeah. that's like a you know almost like a I give you credit. Like they give yeah. each other props. This is I guess what I'm trying to say. It's like I give you credit. You guys made it this far. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That was my win win. But now now it's time for us to you know take over. There's there is a um there's a like a meme that I saw on Instagram where it said uh. When the parents act like adults, the kid always wins. Hmm. And so it was um, It was a picture of a little girl on a soccer field. She's obviously a soccer player. It was like she had a game or whatever. And it was four adults, all with the little girl's last name on it. Hmm. So obviously the parents split up, but then they found other spouses. I, I saw that, um, yeah. So they're all like on their knees, like, uh, like they're all like kneeling down or whatever, like I level with the girl, I guess, like cheering her on. She's running up and down the soccer field or whatever. Hmm. Um, that's thinking win-win. That's yeah, you know, it's there's so many benefits that can come out of that, and you know, that's again not to blanket people's relationships and stuff, but I'm just saying that's just a cool example of you know people working it out. Yeah, you're, and put, you're putting like the differences aside. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right, so there you have it. Habit number four: think win-win. Habit number five. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. He says the principle is key to effective interpersonal communication. Um, so basically, this is uh, you know you have two ears and one mouth 
uh, on purpose. You know, you should listen twice as much as you talk. Uh, so, so the the idea here is first try to understand what people are trying to say. Yeah. When you're in a conversation, try to get what they're saying because sometimes I've done it myself. You get so excited, you want to make your point so bad that what you're saying is not even registering in their minds because now they feel like you're just you're not listening to them. Yeah. So exactly. now they're just going to try to top you with something, and now no one's listening to each other. And again, that's ineffective communication. Yeah. If you yeah. want to be a highly effective person that Stephen R. Covey is talking about, this is one of them. It's listening, the communication, listening and talking. It's communicating effectively. But to communicate effectively, a great step is to uh, understand and then to be understood. And actually respond yeah. properly. Yeah, and actually yeah. respond. Yeah, so there's a lot understand of times. Understand the response. Yeah, there's a lot of times Well, we're in conversation, we're answering somebody for a question they didn't even ask. Yeah. yeah. Or I'm trying to engage. I know I have a bad habit of like conversations and I'm like filling in your blanks without even knowing what the heck you're talking about. Always try to one, one like one step it, like uh, to understand it. It's like, and it's a bad habit of mine and I, I got to try and sit back and just listen to the person to understand them to get the right answer or to understand what they're talking about. Right. So yeah, I, I definitely have a bad habit of that. Yeah. But in order to like uh, open up that conversation or keep conversation going, you have to be able to, like I said, respond to actually what's being said to actually keep a conversation going. Because like other, like you said, it's just two random conversations and nobody's actually saying anything to each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's, there was like studies showing that people actually hate not having noise. So they just say random things. So yeah, so you just talk just so there's what? not that so there's not that awkward silence. Oh. So when you're especially when you just met someone, maybe uh, you're on a date for the first time, or awkward. You're you're at a a new facility, like a new job, and you're you're getting introduced to a lot of people, and <clears throat> you're just trying to keep a conversation just so, so it's not awkward. Right. But and in turn, you're making it awkward because <laughs> you're you're babbling a bunch <laughs> of stuff, and you're not you're definitely not effectively communicating. Oh, this is what I was gonna say: being clear, making sure you're clear, you understand what they're saying. Okay. Because sometimes we misinterpret what they're saying. So that's that really to really understand the word understood. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Understand what yeah. she's saying. Uh, and I'm saying she because me and my wife just did this over a text message. You know how text messages come through? I can read it one way, oh, but yeah, she's yeah. texted it. Well, the way she was texting it, her intentions was something else. Yeah. So I'm coming home thinking one thing. She came home thinking another thing, and we're like talking about it. I'm like, no, that's not what I said. Like, yeah, it is what you said. Like, no, that's not what I said. She's like, yo, that's like literally what, what I said, but that's not what I meant. Yeah. And right. so now try to understand what they meant. So that's where it's clarification. So if you don't understand, ask for clarification. Let's be clear about yeah. this. Well, yeah. Questions, obviously, is the best way to clarify. Because if you just assume, like, that's what emojis help you on. But I know. That's um, true. Emo <laughs> emojis do help out a lot. <laughs> no, but yeah, you're assuming the... like Emoji... If you could think of emojis as clarification. Wait, I, I, I was... Gonna, well, I'll say if you clarify the emotion behind it, but obviously, I guess emojis do kind of help that because they they put some kind of weird yeah. Well, they do emotion because to you it. could put the emotion like the the the, I guess like the specific face they're making, like the frown or whatever yeah. it is, you, makes you understand what they're actually saying, like how yeah. they're they're the being goofy, they're, they're being voice. angry, they're being like yeah. So, I mean, it is there. It does have a purpose, I guess. Yeah. Or like I mean, when their face is for green. So see, since written word is you reading it with, with no has no emotion but you add it to yourself depending on how you like you said how you are feeling at that moment right right 
Man, can you imagine? You man, this is. Can you imagine? Uh, I just read something somewhere about uh, like uh, artificial intelligence and stuff, and they're mm. talking about basically getting basically to the level where devices will be implanted in us, and yep. you're basically texting someone like in your mind, and they receive your text. Oh, how bizarre would that be? Like we're all at dinner, and like these two people are like having com- text text conversations and like weird stuff. Like how weird is that? <laughs> well, that's bizarre. I mean, obviously, that's it's like you could tell by their face though. They're like, the, I don't know how so that text. Know. So they're reading it or hearing it, and like you show oh. your face is doing the emoji. Yeah, the I, don't, I don't know how how real that is, but it, it's just wild. I mean, that's, um, that might be a a generation beyond us, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, yeah, it's definitely like that's essentially where we're going. Everything's interconnected now, anyway. It's just yeah. a matter of it being a part of like your biology at some point. So uh, the sixth habit, synergized. He says, synergy is the essence of principle-centered leadership. It catalyzes, unifies, and unleashes the greatest powers within people. Uh, so so synergi- synergize. Well, I mean, th- that's kind of like, it's, um, it, it is like everybody's on the same page. Everybody's on in unison in terms of a, a common goal, a common mindset. And that's what like everybody, like it's, that kind of goes with the, win-win situation where it's like everybody's on the same page and going towards the same idea and they have they're working on the same thing even though they may not be doing the same exact part of whatever the goal the plan of the goal is but everybody's mindset is at least the end goal is the same if that makes any sense yes yes um but yeah yeah that that that, so it's 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 the camaraderie beyond the camaraderie yes um, it's it's the actual connection and the working together, as you're saying, the working together uh, through this effective communication, this win-win thinking. It's that level of synergy, right? So it's like, yeah, we're working together with other people, but effective people work together in this synergized way mm-hmm. on a much higher level. You know what I'm saying? So the yeah. frequency that they're operating at is on a whole other level. That's why they say you equaled out to the five closest people around you because you guys are generating an energy, a combination of you. So all five of you, let's just say it's five people, um, you know, are generating an energy. Even in basketball, we have you know who's your starting five. Those starting five have some level of they call it chemistry. Yeah. Oh, they have a chemistry, guys. We're talking about the same thing. They're just using a different word. Uh, in personal development, you know, we talk, we say that we're operating at the same frequency. Yeah, um, right. As I mentioned this example before, but I'll mention it again for new listeners or people who didn't catch it. Um, if you could think about us operating on the same frequency, it's kind of like the radio stations. Yes. So over here, we're in the Philadelphia region. They have 98.9 is like a um, hip-hop and R&B kind of station. Then you have like a 92.5, which is like a country station. Let's just use those two for example. No matter what, no matter how bad you want to listen to hip-hop and R&B, if you're not tuned in to... Uh, if you're if you're tuned into 92.5, you'll never hit it. So you're just not at that frequency. It's not that you don't want it. It's just you're not at that level. Yeah. Um. So if you're so if you're at 98.5, uh, 98.9, obviously that's the. So if you could think about if everyone's operating on that same frequency, that same station, the vibe is going to be so much cooler, right? So yeah. I'm not talking about you know, like new age music, you're not talking about rap and hip hop and he's not talking about country. So the conversation can be all over the place. I'm not even going to know what artist he's talking about. You're not going to not know what, you know, songs I'm talking about. But if we're all talking about the same, 
you know, hip hop and R and B or country, then we all know what's going right. on. Know yep, what? Exactly. Yeah. So f- that is what I'm talking about. So when you when we're operating, it's not just synergy that to, to the level of like uh, we're, we have a connection with them. Yep, it's operating exactly. on that higher playing field. And I was I was thinking too, since this is like the last, I guess not the last step, but the second to last step. Um, was that like when I was looking up too? It was it, like it broke up the chapters into two different sections where like f- the first three are. The independence, you're trying to find out what kind of person you are, how you work. Like you said, like trying to find out your paradigms and all that stuff. And the last three, which is mainly, like you said, like the win-win situations, the seek the first. And now the synergy is the interdependence. And that's where yes. that leads to where you're understanding that you're, you understand who you are, but then now you're vibing people who understand who they are. And that's when you all work together to that common goal. And that's where you can really be effective. Yes, because you're everyone's using their strengths. Yes. So there's there's keys to the department like perfect examples like the hospital like you know like there's a you know the radiology uh, department we have the nursing department um, we have uh, you know even like the administration uh, administrative levels um, this is only a few examples but anyway you got the medical records department right yeah. everyone is really good at what they do they're specialized uh, fields and when you put them all together you have a very successful operating hospital. So all these departments put together is what makes the hospital effective and, you know, a top-notch hospital. But if you had a bunch of miscommunicating departments um, and not being, you know, synergistic in their ways of operations, um, then obviously, the you know, it's not going to be the best hospital for you to go to. So the last one, uh, the last habit is uh, sharpen the saw. Um, He says it's it's. Preserving and enhancing the greatest asset you have, you. It's renewing the four dimensions of your nature, physical, spiritual, mental, and social slash emotional. Um, again, we talk about this all the time. You have to constantly, we basically inadvertently talked about it earlier, talking yeah. about you have to constantly adapt. You have to constantly change. Yeah. Yeah. Keep sharpening your tool. Knowledge is power. Effect or uh, applied knowledge is power, is how I always say, and always trying um, to be the, the best version of yourself, and always trying to be the best version of yourself. Absolutely, um, it's uh, actually there's a book. Speaking of that, I haven't said this in a while. There's a book titled Dream Manager by Matthew Kelly. Scoop that up. Um, that's where the whole you know become the best version of yourself came from. Uh, from that's where I got it from. Anyway, um, so anyway, with that being said. Uh, so here you have the seventh habit, sharpening your tool, which I, it's, um, it really does tie everything together. Mm -hmm. So, so the bigger group of effective, you know, to be an effective person, when you look at yourself in your group, Mm -hmm. if everyone is sharpening this all, that means the organization is going to op is going to continue to progress and move forward. As I said earlier, yeah. Think about the progression, not perfection. It's all about taking that step. Even as, as we also mentioned earlier, we we're talking about you reflect. You might have reflected, and then you went back and took action. It might not have been the right direction, but you took some level of action. So now you have to step back again, and then obviously make your adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, these are all definitely seven habits um, to become an effective person. Uh, number one, just to review. Uh, be proactive. Number two, begin with the end in mind. Number three, put first things first. Number four, think win-win. Number five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Number six, synergize. And number seven, 
sharpen the soul. So there you have it, guys. There's a reason why this was a number one national bestseller in the 80s with over 10 million uh, copies sold. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Powerful Lessons and Personal Train and Powerful Lessons and Personal Change by Stephen R. Covey. That is something topics we're talking about that were published here 30 years ago and he probably got the contents from 30 years prior to that obviously it was through his experience too because he did a lot of corporate uh training and things like that but um out of these seven what would you guys say is you know your favorite one and why begin with the end of mind end in mind end in mind just because it's something that you you should always have something like the Something in the end, like you, you have, like a goal, pretty much, like yeah. you were saying. Like you should always have something set to look forward to, no matter how long it takes you or what steps it's going to take you to get there. Exactly. You should always have that. Some, I mean, everyone should have something, some sort of goal set. Yeah, absolutely. Because obviously, you know, you, you ain't going to get nowhere. Right. So that's just my favorite. So what's uh, yours, Gabe? Well, I was thinking like the, um, excuse me, I was thinking like the win-win because it's always mutually benefit for everybody, like who always trying to, um, actually, well, kind of, I guess it's kind of a combination with the win-win and the sharpening your tool. Because if you're always trying to strive to be better, you're always going to be working towards bettering the, the group yeah. or whatever your your um, your group, your interpersonal group is, is going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I, my, I have t- my two is just it would always be this. It would, it would never be one. Is begin with the end of mind and uh, sharpen the soul. Mm. Just just because to me that's I'm always talking about constantly cha- like progressing and becoming a better version of yourself yeah. if you're becoming a better version of yourself you know where you're headed and you're constantly developing who you are as a person and i feel like it starts with us if i can work on me instead of everyone always trying to fix everything and everyone else work yeah. on yourself right yeah. work on yourself um obviously you, i need all seven of these but if i were to no, pick absolutely. like the ones that I, I love and I relate to the most is just like I love that because it also simplifies yeah. a lot of things that um, we, we like to complicate life. Um, yeah. Although this thing we do here, breathing and inhaling and exhaling here, this is a complicated thing, but it doesn't have to be. It's it's not easy. It's what they call simple. Yeah. Overcomplicate things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you just look at these seven basic uh, habits, there's no reason why one person didn't work on all seven of these and could not be a, an effective person in society and actually help society. Um, which one would you guys say is the one you probably need the most work in? Um, being proactive, I, I would say. Yeah. Because I, I know I like I can I sometimes become fickle with certain certain circumstances. I guess you could say. Yeah. Whereas like I I can start something and I'll be like hardcore into it and then like. Oh, then it's on to the next, like, oh, I need right. to do this, whatever, right. as opposed to, like, you know, sticking with it for a while and, you know, making an actual habit out of it, and as opposed to not just going on to the, oh, next thing is going to help me, or whatever it is, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, no, 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 I definitely agree. Um, I think for me, it kind of goes along the lines of what you're saying, I, it would be uh, put first things first, mm-hmm. um, and the reason why I say that is, it's not that I'm terrible in, like, organizing, like, my life, but I get this, like, some level of not boredom but just if, if something's just like okay i just jump from one thing to another it would all eventually get done like yeah, i f- yeah so i finish what i have to finish but it's like it's so all over the place like yeah, yeah. i'll clean the house and do you know uh you know <laughs> yard work 
but I'll come, I'll, you know, I'll come inside for, you know, lunch and, and then I, here I am like washing dishes like, in the yeah. middle and then I go back outside and there I'm raking yeah. up and planting seeds and stuff. It's like, what? it's just all over how, the place. Yeah, that's, I would have to agree with you on that. That's how I am. It's like, like when I start something, like I, uh, my sister-in-law said it the one time, she's like, when I see you cutting grass, you look like you're everywhere, but at the end result, it looks beautiful. Because it's like my head, that's where I'm at. Like yeah. I'm like going up and down. There's no there's no specific reason or rhyme for what I'm doing. Cause I do get sidetracked. But somehow the, it, it's but, still but the when it's done, finished. it's all done and it looks clean and the yard is yeah. done. Yeah, it's, it's a good example. Cause the way my yard is, you know, I have to cut through down the center and they're like, Why are you going through the center instead of going the up and down? And I, I have this thing stuck in my head on how I'm doing it. And when it's done, Right. So there is it. a rhyme or reason. Well, yeah, yeah, you have there like is. Your yeah. own like little methodology. I yeah, do the same yeah, thing. Um, where same thing. My wife called me. Up. She's like, "You like started over here, didn't finish, <laughs> but you ended up over here." Then twenty minutes later, I see you going back and forth in front of the house again. Yeah. And I had my reasoning for yeah. that. Um, I didn't want to cut the grass in the same angle that I cut it the week before. Right. Well, they tell you not to. Oh, okay. Um, because it's bad for the grass. So okay. if you cut it at a different angle, it's you know it's growing. Uh, level, I should say. Okay. Um, but anyway, so that was my thing. But it, yeah, if you didn't know what I was doing, it looks nuts. Like what I, you know, what yeah. I was trying to accomplish. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing is, uh, for, for anyone who um, has the bags, the you know, the lawnmowers with the bags, you know that probably after you know midway point, some of the shavings start spitting out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I cut one side of like the front of my house, like. First, because that's going to be the cleanest look. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I cut, I do around those edges first because it's going to have the less shavings. Um, and then yeah. when you get to the middle, it's okay that it has shavings. It still has around the parameter and it looks like all clean or whatever. Okay. I don't know. That yeah. sounds really weird, but. Nah, um, but yeah, that, so that's another thing that I do. So if you see, if you come over and I'm in the middle of cutting my grass, you'll see all my edges perfectly done. Not my edges, but like the borders of yeah, my yeah. property done. And then I'll get to the middle. Okay. I don't know. That makes sense because you. I guess sometimes you have like a driveway. You're still like like some places you see right, grass all grass over the driveway. All over the yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That means they come back. With, they ended there. Yeah, you have to come back with like a snowblower or right. whatever it is, a leaf blower. Yeah, yeah. snowblower for the grass. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, folks. If you want to be effective, we have our seven habits. Um, again, I'll just review them one more time. Habit number one, be proactive. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Habit number three, put first things first. Habit number four, think win-win. Habit number five, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Habit number six, synergize. Habit number seven, sharpen the soul. Seven habits of highly effective people. Um, so we're going to wrap this episode up with two quotes from the author himself. He says, habits are powerful factors in our lives because they are consistent, often unconscious patterns. They constantly daily express our character and produce the, our effectiveness or ineffectiveness. And the second quote goes, I personally struggle with much of what I have shared in this book. But the struggle is worthwhile and fulfilling. It gives meaning to my life and enables me to love, to serve, and to try again. Um, so there you have it, folks. Highly effective people. In this episode, we review Stephen R. Covey's classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Covey presents a holistic, integrated, principal-centered approach for solving 
personal and professional problems. Covey reveals a step-by-step pathway for living with fairness, integrity, honesty, and human dignity. The crew discusses their take on each habit, including their strengths and weaknesses for each one. We wrap the episode up with quotes from the author himself, Stephen R. Covey. Thanks again for joining us. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, jimmyleevelez.com. Follow the blog. If you have any inquiries or questions you would like for us to answer on a future episode, uh, just email us at info at And on behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. And until next time, adios. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Thank you for the love and support. We truly do hope you enjoyed the views.